Accelerating Careers in Real Estate with Nick Carman. Brought to you by McDonald & Company. The Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast is now supported by the Urban Land Institute. To find out more about becoming a member, please follow the link in the show notes, remembering to quote the promo code ACRE to take advantage of all the benefits of our partnership. More details at the end of this podcast. So welcome back to the Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Nick Carman. Today, we have our final instalment of our mini-series of self-starters in store for you. To celebrate the end of the series, I've managed to squeeze in four fantastic guests into the pod, answering questions on why set up their own company, have they experienced a point at which those risks have paid off, what's been their greatest challenge, and what advice might they have for anyone listening, contemplating starting their own real estate company. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, my name's Chris Monkman. I am the co-founder and CEO of Neighbourhood, um, where we are on a mission to change the way the world works for good. People often refer to us as Airbnb meets WeWork. In essence, we are a new platform that connects employees with hyper-local workspaces around where they live, ultimately giving people the opportunity to walk to work wherever they are. When I started working from home, I felt distracted and isolated. I wanted to get out of my flat, connect with real people, and get work done in a more collaborative environment. But the coffee shops were noisy and distracting, and the co-working spaces were a long commute and came at a high price. So there had to be a better way. So we got our first local restaurant on board, and literally a handful of neighbours from down the road, a neighbourhood was born. Hi, my name is Camilla Topham and I'm a co-founder of District. Um, we are a hospitality and leisure property consultancy um, and we specialise in agency services and consultancy, mostly on behalf of landlords um, who have a strategic approach to their estates and developments. We absolutely live and breathe hospitality, food and beverage and leisure and are hugely passionate about the operators that we introduce to their estates and developments. I established District three years ago in 2018 with my business partner, Mike Webb. And prior to that, I worked in two leisure consultancies in London, uh, Davis Copper Lions and Shelley Sanza. Um, and before that, I'm originally from Manchester and I'd sort of gone through the usual surveying route um, at GBA Grimley, which is where I did my APC originally, and was inspired to get into property through my family who had business contractors and my father was a hugely successful developer in Manchester. I qualified at GVA Grimley in Manchester and around that time I realised that I was really interested in restaurants which is when I decided to go to London um, and I managed to get a job with Shelley Sanza at the time, uh, a big leisure agency uh, which really sort of gave me my hospitality break which I absolutely loved. Hello, my name's Paul Clark, and I am one of the co-founders of Stories. We are a socially responsible property development company, and we've been going about three years now. Stories was created to try and do property development slightly differently, in a way that seeks to balance the social, environmental and economic needs of communities, investors and landowners in a way that is socially responsible. There are three co-founders of the business, myself, Richard Meyer and James Scott. Richard was a partner at Argent and was there for 15 years. And James was one of the early COOs of the collective. My personal background 
is that I have some 20 years experience in the property development industry. I started out as a town planner, moving into property development. And prior to setting up stories, I had spent a period of time as a consultant, latterly as head of development at Gilhern. And most of my work was spent helping long-term and institutional landowners try to find uh, aligned development partners for their business. One of the key things I was involved with was the design and brokering of the joint venture between the London Borough of Barnet and Argent, which is where I came to be professionally acquainted with Richard, my one of my co-founders. And um, from there, I was invited to spend some time with, as was then the Department for Communities and Local Government, reporting to the Housing Minister and Lord Heseltine at the time on matters of housing estate regeneration and travelling the country and looking at opportunities uh, for the public sector to try and unlock its assets in the interests of, of, of regeneration. And it was partly out of the born of this experience that I felt that there was a gap in the market and that there was something I felt like I needed to address. Let's get into it then. Why have these guests chose to walk a different path than many of their peers and made the decision to start a new company? At this stage, I was 29. Um, I'd been building a couple of businesses in my spare time. I'd got to the stage where I wanted to explore if any of them had any legs and then focus and go all in on one of them. And so it was then that I ultimately handed in my resignation and launched what is now Neighbourhood. The reasons for shall we say, going at it alone, uh, a, a kind of a bit of a mix, really. I guess two main reasons would be, firstly, I mean, I've, I've always had an appetite to learn more about the things that I'm passionate about. And so for curious and creative people, I would say that founding and scaling a business provides the ultimate vehicle to accelerate learning in any direction you may wish. Secondly, and again, it's probably looking a bit further back, but I guess something that was baked into me from, should we say, an early age was my mum would always say, as long as you do your best, then that's all that matters. And so over the years, I guess I've always had this curiosity and a drive to explore inverted commas, you know, what is my best and how does it look and feel to me? And so I found that entrepreneurship has always given me the environment to fully explore that. There's a few reasons uh, which drove me to uh, set up my own business. And I mean, I guess the first reason really is that I always, as I only ever saw it as the only way for me, really, it was always seemed obvious to me that I was going to set up my own business. Um, I mentioned that it was in my building as in our family. And I always saw my dad with his development company working for himself. So he hugely inspired me. And as I went throughout my career, it just seemed like an obvious move that I'd follow in his entrepreneurial roots. The other big reason was whilst I was sort of progressing my career and working in the traditional agency world, I saw that it was very male dominated and it was very rigid. And the companies that I worked for were very rigid. And at the time, I guess I wasn't consciously thinking about starting a family, but I started to think about a more feminine way of doing business and a more modern company culture which is something that I really wasn't seeing at all in the property industry 
And I think ultimately I did want to have a family, even though it wasn't in my mind when I first started thinking about it. But I, I also saw the struggles of sort of women in the industry managing to sort of balance that and I guess being being excluded. Um, and I was completely driven and career focused. So my mind started churning about how we'd how we'd be able to do this. And I met with um, Mike, my business partner, just throughout our industry. Um, he was the head of restaurants at CWM. And then he was head of restaurants at JLL. And we started to talk and realised that we shared this joint vision for sort of a modern company culture. And we both found the same things, that the companies we were working for were failing to attract young talent. And also that in our industry, which is hugely dynamic, we're working with the up and coming restaurant operators. It's a really, really exciting industry that the brands of our businesses weren't really reflecting this truly dynamic nature of what we did. So... We also saw a gap for a relevant brand and a young energy in our sector. And, you know, we thought at the time that our clients were crying out for that, really. You know, they all wanted to attract the coolest new restaurant operators. Yeah, there are these sort of traditional sort of historic brands, which it just felt like a disconnect to us. Yeah. And the, the why really, you know, the modern company culture and the, the sort of creating an environment to support women and not only to support women, but also to support men. Because I think, you know, there's plenty of companies now that are saying that they, you know, give flexibility and, you know, women can work from home as much as they want. But in my mind, true equality will never exist until those businesses support men to participate in family life. Because women always have to take on that extra responsibility because they get the flexibility. So we just wanted to sort of really, you know, just really think about that in in launching District. So professionally, I was spending a lot of time working with long-term landowners like local government, central government, NHS trusts, uh, looking at their land holdings and trying to work out with them how we were going to optimise the use of surplus property. And a lot of my time was spent putting together partnerships between those long-term landowners and property developers and investors. And uh, increasingly, I would becoming sort of of the opinion that the market wasn't deep enough where it was needed the most. And I'd begun to do quite a bit of soul searching about what the options were for enhancing that market. And funnily enough, as I mentioned before, uh, I'd got to know Richard Meyer at Argent uh, very well through our Brent Cross joint venture. And uh, he had taken it, he'd taken the decision totally, completely unilaterally. And, and there was no, there'd been no discussions between ourselves that he, his, that he felt that the time was right for him to leave Argent. And um, the first thing I knew, I'd read about it in Property Week, funnily enough, and um, I jumped straight on the phone. And, and by then he was already halfway around Greece in a caravan with his family. And um, I just started asking him, he said, you know, get, I'm trying to understand a bit more about his why. And uh, it turns out that we'd both been having really similar thoughts and we just started talking. Um, I decided that um, that just even the bones of the conversation were worth focusing on full time. So I left I left my job. Um, we had no plan at the time and we just started talking. And he introduced me to James, who was at the time based in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, we spent all of the summer of 2018 just talking on Teams before it wasn't Teams at the time. It was I think it was Google. I don't think Teams had come along yet. But yeah, we spent yeah at least three months just reading, comparing notes, 
uh, sharing ideas. Um, there was no business plan at such a time. There was no real intention to do anything necessarily together. And uh, we, we, you know, stories, the idea of stories was, was born there. So we know what they're doing, but given the risk of starting a new company, when did our guests first feel validated they were on the right track? Looking back, yeah, I mean, for me, there wasn't a tipping point. I guess if you look back across my career, um, from even from university, that was where I founded my first business. Um, I founded a range of businesses, most of which flopped, but one worked, and that was called Forward um, Collective. I then, upon graduating, I then spent a year um, building that out while also being in the Alps and treating it as a bit more of a gap year. And and then what followed that was that I had a real job, shall we say, with a couple of companies. But all the time, I was always building in my spare time and running mini experiments, testing new ideas. Um, some worked, some didn't. Um, and I got to the stage at uh, about 29 when I felt like I had built enough evidence and enough learning to to go out um, and do it alone. Uh, yes, I mean, there's been many moments when it's been completely worth it. I mean, I think the other thing that I didn't say before about why, you know, it, why is a good question as well, because I mean, you're completely naive when you launch a business and you just have no idea. So I think that also helps with launching a business because it, it's, it is hard, it is really hard. But for me, the reasons why I wanted to do it are validated almost immediately. I mean, I, I, I had a, I was, returning from maternity leave the day that we launched District and my daughter was six months old at the time and it's something that's hugely hard for a woman to leave their baby after sort of six months of you know being as one person to go back to the office and I I had no idea how that would be or how it felt because it's never really been taught to me about and immediately I knew I'd done the right thing, even though I was going out there and putting my heart and soul, you know, out, out there to, to win business and, and create this new business. I, I I was able to give myself flexibility and I was able to be able to, you know, on moments when I was able to get back and, you know, see my daughter and, and, and give her tea and put her to bed every night. And when you have a young child, um, nothing really prepares you for the amount that they do need their parents. It's not as easy as having a nanny or handing over the childcare, you know, there's all the sickness that goes with taking them to nursery. And, you know, it, the flexibility that I was able to give myself made me realise that I'd made the right decision because the extra layer of stress from an employer, and I'd never had sort of, I'd never really worked in, I guess, supportive environments. And um, it, it just made me realise that I'd 100% done the right thing. And, you know, I think I'd always worked in, in you know, in businesses where, you know, it was always sort of the, as long as you were sitting at your desk, you were sort of doing, you know, you were, you were doing the work. And, you know, for me, I was sort of the first years that we launched District, I was sort of juggling a very small child who was, you know, ill all the time, you know, uh, but I managed to be home, you know, I managed to be present for her. And I, I've rarely missed bedtime, even now, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go out, you know, to, to openings and things, but I've, I've managed to be present. And it's, proven to me that it is possible to do business in a more feminine way and I feel really proud of that like it's you know it's it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that you it's one or the other and you know whilst it's been incredibly hard the only way that it's been manageable is for the fact that we've been able to change the rules if you like and 
be more flexible in the way that we work and you know we've still managed to build up this amazing business in the process so so that was um a big one for me and it was it was yeah it was immediate and you know I think as well like with some of the businesses some of the clients that we've won you know I think when we set out we knew exactly those clients that we were targeting you know we wanted to win Shaftesbury we wanted to be on the Shaftesbury estate you know we wanted to be on like cool stuff and we got an instruction from Shaftesbury I think within the first couple of months of I think Julia Wilkinson from Shaftesbury is one of the first person to send us an email and congratulate us and say I can't wait to do our first district deal and it's those moments that just make you realize that you're you've done the right thing as hard as it is and also just going back to sort of our original vision for our brand and you know we really spent a lot of time sort of creating what we saw to be a much more relevant brand and we have attracted we have a team of four now and Rebecca and Soraya um, who work for us they've come from really different backgrounds so Soraya has come from the hospitality industry so she was um, a general manager at some really cool restaurants and pubs and Rebecca came to join us from the office group and they were both attracted to districts and our brand and our company culture and that that's felt like a massive achievement for us and it's really validated that we've you know that we've done the right thing. So that summer of 2018 we spent like I said, a lot of time reading, talking, um, comparing notes. And um, when Richard had finished his travelling around Greece with his, well, travelling around Europe with his family, Richard and I met up in in London and we felt that the time had come to sort of test test the market with our ideas. And we, we did a really big ring round, lots of people that we'd known in the past, agents, consultants, uh, investors and and some of my old landowner clients uh, that I used to advise, and we and we just went on a bit of a, a bit of a, well, quite a roadshow, fact finding and, and validation um, process of you know, were we onto something? Were we were we thinking along the right lines? You know, was was there a gap? In, did anyone else agree that there was a gap in the market? And and we spent a few couple of months really doing that, and and it really just gave us confidence that if we did this thing there was sufficient interest both from the landowners and the investors that that something could work here and it was on that round of conversations that um, we actually um, ended up having a chat with St Mungo's who had had a failed attempt at trying to find a partner previously who uh, very much encouraged us and said that you know that actually they would be coming out again um, for a partner and that that you know they would encourage us to look at it and that really spurred us on to actually incorporate stories to be ready to bid to that. Um, fortunately, we were successful. It was an OGU process, so it was very formally run. It's quite an expensive thing to go through, especially as a startup. But we probably had that kind of startup sort of um, fearlessness even then, and, uh, and we went for it. And unfortunately, we were um, we were appointed by St Mungo's as their development partner. So all entrepreneurs, I suspect, are probably optimists in some form or another. So they probably have a habit of playing down those pitfalls. And in the interest of a balanced discussion, I ask our guests, what was the greatest challenge they've faced? Yeah, biggest challenge to date is one that's um, very much of the moment for us as a business. You know, there's there's ultimately two pieces to building a business. Um, One there's the simple kind of solving a problem by putting a product into the world that people love. And two, 
then there's this people layer of building a business that scales. And it's that layer that's the most important and challenging for us right now. And and I would say right now, the biggest challenge for me is building an organization that scales by attracting people from diverse backgrounds to work together on a single mission in pursuit of something bigger than themselves. And, you know, this, I believe, is the true challenge of entrepreneurship. It's how can I build a people culture that that delivers results? Challenges um, have been plentiful. I guess the main one, obviously, has been the challenge that everyone's had to face over the last two years, which is the pandemic. So we were only... We were just over a year, 18 months in, perhaps, when the pandemic hit. And we just kind of established a decent-ish business and we were getting a good cash flow. And immediately that was completely wiped out. So it's been a huge challenge for us because we've gone through an enormous amount of time having brought in no cash flow at all, keeping the team going remotely and just really surviving. But we have come out the other side of it and and our business is stronger than ever. The other big challenges have been... It's never what you think. I mean, I think when we originally set up, we thought that the biggest challenge would be winning business. And actually, that was the easy bit. It was the other bits about running a business, which we just had no idea about, really. You know, setting it up, IT, databases, all that kind of stuff can take up quite a lot of time. And just trying, just doing the day-to-day running of the business and the cash flow is a job in itself and has been hugely challenging. Um, One of our biggest challenges at the start as well was originally when we set up there was three of us and it immediately became apparent that you know we kind of weren't all on the same page we we had to come to an agreement with that sort of third original member of districts to sort of split and that was very very challenging because obviously you've gone on this big emotional journey together and launched the business and then to sort of part ways quite quickly it was stressful, very stressful. And, um, you know, it was it was very challenging. And then I would say the other really big challenge for me personally has been the you know, agency and what we do is very competitive, fast paced industry. And I was sort of setting up a new business, running a business, trying to do in the early days, you don't have any support in your team. So you're doing everything yourself, <laughs> plus running the business, plus trying to juggle a very small baby and it it was a huge challenge and you know often my competitors and peers who were sort of I was head to head with were men who had stay-at-home wives who dealt with the children and they were able to yeah I always felt like they were able to give more and I really felt the pressure of you know meeting clients needs running a business and trying to be a good (laughs) mum so yeah quite a few challenges. So stories is three years old and in terms of challenges we've obviously had to negotiate the enormity of of the covid situation that has created many challenges for all of us as a startup you have a business plan you you set some ambitions you then temper those ambitions and you you try and run worst case scenarios but in in no one's mind did we imagine being in lockdown uh, for half of the existence of our business so far Having said that, on the other hand, we're quite lucky in the sense we've got very few overheads, we've got no debt, we've got no liabilities, we haven't got shareholders we have to report to, you know, we own the company. And so in many ways, as that startup navigating these challenges, we have had a certain amount of resilience. And it's certainly something that I'm happy to talk to anyone about, about the idea of resilience. But those challenges of, of being new, 
in a new marketplace and trying to build confidence in the business. I think we all brought, as individuals, we all brought sort of per, a, per, a sense of personal brand to, to, to proceedings. I think that we, we enjoyed a lot of support from it on an individual basis. But as a new business, you've got no track record. There's nothing, it's nothing you haven't proven yourselves yet. And it's very hard for people to, to buy new. Everyone wants to see that you've, you've, you know, you've, you've got some experience and you've done things. And actually, I would, I would say, you know, on reflection, you know, it's only in the last three or four months, maybe six months that I felt the business has really kicked on as we've begun to prove ourselves. So very much, I think, you know, it's the challenge, the challenge of newness. It's both, it's both a blessing and a curse. So before we wrap up, if listening to this pod has got you excited about the opportunities and the pitfalls of starting your own business in real estate, here's some advice from our guests. As always, thank you very much for listening and please keep your messages of support coming in, particularly if you've got ideas for future guests. The important thing to do is to just love the process, not the result. You know, whether you are building a business, working out or making art or whatever it might be, the process will always end up being more valuable to you than the result. And so what I mean by that is don't define success as the outcome, defining it as having the courage to start and actually start the process, start small, brick by brick, with discipline and persistence. And, and that's where the magic is. I really love this question because it's really re- reminded me to look back and just think about what I wish someone had said to me. <laughs> so I think the big piece of advice I'd give is it's always good to have a business partner. And I think just having that person to bounce things off and be in it together is hugely important. You know, you going out there and putting your heart and soul out there and just having that other person is I really think is a game changer and also choosing that business partner carefully you know Mike is a brilliant business partner and you know we bring completely different things to the business we're pretty much 90% of the time on the same page about everything but our skill sets are just different and that's been really complimentary and you know we're able to do different aspects of running the business so just choose your business partner really carefully. And I'd also say be really careful about setting up with friends and always keep it professional. Obviously, it's always important to get on with your business partner, but keep the relationship professional because it may not work out. And then when you first sort of launch, you just really do give it everything. And it's such an amazing but vulnerable time. And you really put yourself out there and you know, it's like a roller coaster ride where you feel every bump along the way. And it's really hard not to take setbacks personally, which we did. <laughs> but what I've learned is that the setbacks for us have been where the most valuable learning's taken place. And there's nearly always been a reason for every single one of them. So the setbacks are just as important as the wins as you establish yourself. And, you know, just have good support around you. Like, you know, I could not have launched District without the support of my husband and you know the people around me at the time that was sort of you know cheering us cheering us on and it's it's just really important to have that support system the highs are highs and the lows are low (laughs) and final piece of advice is just see people put yourself out there just get out there and just talk to people contacts are everything you just absolutely never know you know what's going to come from a meeting really so we always you know anyone that reaches out to us we're you know and even now we're super keen to talk to anybody and everybody because you just never know what what the universe is going to deliver for you i think in terms of advice for anyone that's 
maybe in a corporate environment thinking that they quite like the idea of, of, of going alone or trying something, you know, setting up something new. I think there's two two things I would say. Is, is the first is, is to be really sure that the market wants to receive your idea, your product, your service, because I think it's it's a bit it's, it's too easy to convince yourself of that, and perhaps not everyone else is quite either ready for you or they're not really in a position to buy it from someone so new. And so I would definitely sort of inquire as to whether you could be incubated in somewhere or you could partner with someone that's that's got a track record um i would certainly look at that and we did do that and we came to a decision that we would go alone but it's it is a discussion we have quite regularly we, we receive approaches and um, we, we talk about that but at the moment we feel we feel vindicated and um we feel like you know own, you know owning ourselves has given us the resilience to cope with the last three years and, then, and that goes on to my second point, and it's about how how do you build resilience in your enterprise? And in in part, in part, resilience for me, it's about you know, can you hang on long enough? Can you hang on long enough to catch some luck? Can you create the capacity for yourself to live, pay your bills, meet your obligations in a way that you can you can hang on much longer than you actually would ever imagine you know we never imagined we would we would have had to navigate covid and and, and all this time of of, of 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 lockdown and so forth and so i would say you know it's you know take your worst case scenario and double it what does that look like if you're using your own money how does that feel how, what does the impact it have on your personal life and if you're using somebody else's money what does that do to future income to you i'm aware of other businesses that you know, we we are we are bootstrapped in in a corporate sense. You know, we we are funding stories personally. We we own it between the three co-founders. There are other people who take investment. You know, seed investment from third parties. But just be aware of the strings that come with that money. You know, it it can impact on the future earnings that you will be due. You know, you're likely to sit behind them in the waterfall of distribution in 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 some in some shape or form or in time. So. When I talk about resilience, it's very much a case of looking at the downside, doubling it, and seeing what impact that might have on your life. If you think that that's doable or palatable or, or even desirable, then then you perhaps should be looking at, at, at making that leap. The Urban Land Institute is the oldest and largest network of cross-disciplinary real estate and land use experts in the world, with more than 45,000 global members. The ULI's ethos of personal development makes them an ideal collaborator on our podcast, and we encourage our listeners to learn more and become members by signing up at uli.org forward slash join, quoting the promo code ACRE. Thank you for listening.